listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John Pimba and James Grandey. What's going on, FN Nation? John Pemba here with James Roddy. It's the Fantasy Line NBA DFS podcast recording here on Tuesday for Wednesday's eight-game main slate. James, you will be on the playbook for this eight-gamer. Only one team is on a back-to-back, which is nice to have. A nice fresh slate. And you mentioned, just before we jumped on here, uh, we only have a couple game totals, but we have some high game totals to look at. Yeah, a fun little eight-gamer. And the four totals that we have... Knicks Sixers is the lowest of the four, 10.5 point spread in Philly, no shock, but 223.5. So even a Knicks game at 223.5, that just tells you what's to come. Kings Pelicans, currently slate high, that's an 8 p.m. tip. Pelicans, five point favorites at home. Some big time game in there in that world, considering both teams fighting for their, their playing game lives there. 235 total there. Utah, Houston, the only team on a back-to-back, as you mentioned before we hopped on this pod, 232 total. John, Utah, 13-point favorites on the road. We actually have three games on Wednesday slate with 13-point spreads. Denver is a 13.5-point favorite. There's no no total. And then the late-night hammer, Portland, 13-point dogs in Phoenix, 227.5 over-under. That is this. We haven't had this in a while where there are this big of spreads, um, four double digit spreads of the six that we have seven of four of the seven that are available to us. Hasn't happened very often. It also makes for a pretty tough, uh, you know, tough way to gauge things here, right? Because obviously you worry about blowouts with with some of these matchups. And as you said, uh, we also have some high game totals there. So we'll have to figure out what's going to happen there. Uh, and how it all ends up playing out as we move forward. It's frustrating when you build a lineup and then guys only play 24 minutes because of blowout. So right. uh, we'll have to maybe be a little bit more selective. Maybe that will change some ownership bond players. Let's kick it off. Point guard position. James Harden has arrived in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. uh, he took the fat suit off, apparently, because he has gone for 58 and 80 fantasy points in the two games he's played uh, with Philadelphia. 27, 8, and 12 in the debut. 29, 10, and 16 against these very New York Knicks just a few games ago. James Harden is $11,200, the fourth highest price player on the slate, however. He and only SGA are above $10,000 at the point guard position. Yeah, I'd probably play them both, too. Embiid has not been impacted by the Harden by Harden's presence and vice versa, so I have no problem going to Harden there. And I have no problem really going to SGA. The only thing is that the 13 and a half point spread in Denver. But John, we've talked about it all year. Like I know there's been a couple blowouts lately, but OKC has been one of the best teams at covering spreads. So, and, and Denver has been really good lately uh, on the flip side, but like 13 and a half. OKC is not on a back to back. And I know they're missing a bunch of guys, but Denver, the fighting Jokic is, I don't know. I'm okay getting to SGA at 10K. I think he's going to probably be a little contrarian at that price. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be looking at James Harden, mm-hmm. for sure. Coming off 80 fantasy points. I just worry about that matchup, like you mentioned. High gain total, but point spread as well is a bit of a concern there. Under 10K, you got Point Booker. Done nothing to do us wrong. We talked about how uh, you'd be quickly on his way to 10. He's 9,700. 53 fantasy points the other day against Utah. He had 61 against OKC a few nights ago. Uh, Point Booker in full effect while 
Chris Paul remains out of the lineup. Point McCullum is $9,000. He, too, having a lot of success there with his new team. And as you mentioned, that game total against Sacramento going to make this matchup quite appealing for game stacks. He, Halliburton, is 8800 We will have Malcolm Brogdon available for this game based off reports that I've saw to come out this afternoon. LaMelo Ball, Andrew Simons, and De'Aaron Fox round up K-tier. Booker, obviously great. Love what McCullum has done since arriving in New Orleans. He's clearly the 1A to Brandon Ingram, 1B. I think that's been established pretty early on. Halliburton, not as enticing with Brogdon back. LaMelo for tournaments only. I don't think we really want to go there. The only thing about Simons, I'll say, is they're missing a lot of players. Justice Winslow ruled out. We already know Nurkic is out for an extended period of time. Who else was just ruled out again? Eric Bledsoe ruled out again. So, like, I'm okay going to Simons, but I feel like at the same time, I could just play De'Aaron Fox for $100 less in a pretty good, in in a better spot. Yeah. You're right. De'Aaron Fox, his scoring of late has been phenomenal. Only one game has he scored less than like 26 points. I happened to use him that night in prize picks. Pretty upsetting. But I'm glad that he's continued his success, maybe with him at 8,100 for sure. Under that, we have Drew Holiday against Miami. That should be a playoff preview for sure here. Mm -hmm. Darius Garland is questionable. If Darius Garland returns, do you have any interest at $7,700? Yes. No Karis LeVert. I know Markkanen's back, but this was really Garland's offense when Markkanen was there. So if he's back with no limitations, then I do have interest at 7,700. It has been unbelievable. And we were paying, uh, hey, we were paying for him, right? right? Yes, for sure. Garland against Charlotte even. We know that the game totals that those teams play certainly appealing. What are your thoughts on Brogdon? He he actually looked pretty good in his return games. $7,100 against Orlando. Yeah, I'm okay with it because the back-to-back is what the reason he didn't play. And when he has played, he's played 31 and 29 minutes. So I don't, it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense that he would suddenly play less than that, considering he was just pretty much resting on the back-to-back. And it's a great matchup against Orlando. So yeah, I'm definitely interested in Brogdon here. Yeah. James, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the acquisition of James Harden is going to really impact that of Tyrese Maxey. Or actually, it hasn't, because he scored 28 and 21 points in both of those games, 42 and 39 fantasy points. He's taken 30 total shots in those two games with with James Harden. He's $6,600. He's playing off the ball, I guess. So it means that he can score a little bit more, taking on maybe more of that Seth Curry-ish role. Like, what are your thoughts here on Maxey? I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's one of those things like I think he is fairly priced based on the production we're getting. I'm just I'm obviously just always going to be worried that he is always going to be the third or fourth option on a given night. Sure. That's fair. I just everybody who is all down on Maxi at least can be breathing big sighs of relief there. Uh, Early on. Conley's at sixty one hundred dollars. Goodwin, if there's no. Garland Goodwin popped off big time yeah. the other night. A 17, 4, and 12, 46 fantasy points for him in that game. We can figure out what's going on with Houston. Uh, Schroeder again started for t- in tonight's matchup. They are on the back to back against Houston. Uh, and then you have Trey Mann, a uh, little bit of a comeback to earth game. Kind of figured at some point that would happen, but uh, he's 5,600. Yeah, I think of those plays, it's Goodwin and Schroeder. Uh, we saw Goodwin extremely high owned the other night. 
and it's in a really good matchup against Charlotte. These totals in Charlotte have been nuts. Like every time they've been on the slate, it's been a slate high. And I don't think it's going to be the case with Cleveland here, but it's still going to be high just considering Charlotte's bad defensive play. And the definitely shooter. But at 5,800, I would like KPJ out. It would be a contrarian play to play him if KPJ's in. He played 28 minutes alongside KPJ the other day, so it could be worse. But 5,800, I would obviously prefer KPJ to be out. Um, I didn't obviously mention Cole Anthony, but how are you approaching the, the magic guard position here? Anthony Suggs and then Markel Fultz returned as well. Yeah, the problem is I didn't like that RJ Hampton returned. Now it's not just RJ Hampton. Now it's Markel Fultz who started all those games last year. You you and I loved Markel Fultz last year. Before, yeah, they- and I'm just, I'm worried. Like six, it was a 15 to 20 minute window for Fultz, right? That was what they said. It was a 14-month recovery from ACL, so he didn't play for 14 months, so obviously he's not going to just come in and play 25 minutes, but how quickly does that go from 15 to 20 to, like, 18 to 23 or 18 to 25 or 20 to 25? And and that's obviously going to start cutting into guys like Suggs. And, it does um, make you wonder who they value, right? Because they obviously used a, a, a first-round pick on Suggs, Yep. Use a first round pick on Anthony and they traded for Fultz. And traded for Hampton. But they and gave Fultz for Hampton, yeah. But they gave Fultz the extension. Sure. Last this past offseason. Right? Or the yeah, it was this past offseason. So it it you're right one hundred percent. It's like who do they value? But it's hard to it's hard to say because they used draft capital on two of them, but also extended the third. That's fair. Monty Morris, I'm fine with the bounce back at 51. He, again, blowout game against Portland. He played only 23 minutes. He'd been really good before that. So at 5,100, I don't mind Monty Morris here going up against the Thunder. And he, but it gave Vincent, I guess, with yeah. no Lowry. Not, not 3K anymore, but. I mean, it's gave Vincent 42. Like, he didn't really do anything in that second half against the Bulls. And they still won by 13. They didn't need him to do anything necessarily. But yeah, I still think he is the the value. He's starting too. It's it's not like he's um coming off the bench. Quick, I will. It is worth mentioning Alec Burks is still starting, and Thibodeau wants everyone to know that he is their starting point guard, even though he's not a good point guard. But quickly played 26 minutes off the bench. Yep. And I quickly think that's going to happen more and more as the season progresses. So we'll see. Worth maybe worth maybe a, a dart, or at least it's worth a mention. I'll let you play Isaiah quickly. I'll, I'll uh, go. Isaiah, huh? You're 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 pulling a Steph Curry on me here. You're pulling a Steph Curry. I, I on was me happy here. that you at least picked it off. You didn't let me hang there with saying the wrong name for the listeners there. Uh, if you aren't, aren't familiar, Steph Curry is on a podcast where people he was commenting on people blaming him for taking bad shots. The youth now taking bad shots. So he ruined bad. And he called Emmanuel quickly. Isaiah quickly after he took a bad three in, in transition. I think he was on like a break. He just did a pull up three. That was horrible. Then he was like, I'd probably take that. But he's like, Isaiah quickly took it. Don't blame me for those bad shots. Anyway, so he's 42. Campaign is going to play in this game. Probably limited. Just want to shout that out there for anybody interested at like holiday. I don't think it's not going impo- to impact Booker at all, but I don't, maybe it takes Cam J off the floor later on. Like, I don't know how that rotation is going to play out with campaign. Now they're going to be active for this one. I mean, I definitely, it's probably one of those, like, who's hot situations, because if Cam J's knocking down shots, you're not going to take him off for camera pain. But sure. probably the other, like you said, 
Because you also have Devin Booker, as you mentioned. Like, you could point Booker's there. So you don't need Cameron Payne. If Cameron Payne isn't being effective offensively, you don't need Cameron Payne on the floor. So yep. it's a GPP thing because we don't know who's going to be – who's doing what. I agree with you there. All right, shooting guard. We talked about Booker. We talked about Harden. We talked about Cullum. All three of them are multi-position eligibility. That takes us to Donnie Mitch, though, here, James. Still under $9,000. He gets Utah uh, – sorry, he gets Houston – on a back-to-back. He just faced Houston going into the All-Star break. He had 49 fantasy points in that game, and it was a 35-point route. So he had almost 50 fantasy points in a 30-point win. He played 32 minutes in that game. 8,800 Donovan Mitchell. How much of a interest do you have? As long as this game stays competitive, he can smash. But that's the question you got to ask yourself. It's a 13.5-point spread. Will it stay close? And if you think it can... Then I have interest, and I'm not sure considering you sent a back-to-back, but as you pointed out to me before we got on air, when we were talking about the back-to-backs and who's playing and who's or who's on it and who's not, Houston's playing at home tonight. We are recording the night before, and they play at home on Wednesday. So it's worth noting there's no travel involved on this back-to-back, so maybe Houston will get up for this game once again. Yeah, you mentioned like close and all that. Again, it was he played 32 minutes in a 30 point blowout, and he still That's had 50. Fair. So we talked about Halliburton. He's elite. He's just putting up some just absolutely ridiculous numbers since joining the pace. Easily in play. T Rose, GPPs. The price tag is okay. Cleveland's not the greatest of matchups, but they're missing all their guards. So like maybe there's some value still with them there. Ingram. I know I poo pooed Ingram the other day, and you were quick to correct and just kind of point out he was just missing shots. And from that point on, he's been making shots. So 44 to 39 fantasy points the last two games, they get Sacramento 7,900. Should we just say now that this is just like everybody's in play for this game? Right? Yeah. Yep. So we don't waste, we don't waste too much time here. Yep. Um, Ingram's definitely in play. Right. And what did you say the total is like 240, whatever here? Uh, 235. And I suspect that's what it opened at. I suspect that, we see that creep up to like 237, 238. Right, yeah. So anybody in Sacramento, New Orleans is going to be in, in, in pretty much in play. They're core place pieces, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't really do Middleton. I can do Buddy Heald. You know, again, not overly impacted with Brogdon in the lineup. He went for 50, and he went for 38. 7,300 for Buddy Heald. Tournaments, yeah, for tournaments. The prices continues to rise, and I don't... I know he went for 50 with Brogdon, but... Duarte you know. is questionable there as well if he's out of control. We just got an update on him, I think, if I remember correctly, not too long ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not remembering correctly. Maybe I'm just stupid. You're not uh, stupid. Questionable. No, he's officially just a questionable. You're right. So. Okay. Uh, Hero, 65. I'm fine with that. He's averaging yep. 32 against Milwaukee. He comes to the bench. He scores. No, no Lowry. All, all that works. What do you think of this Fournier? Is he able to keep it up? Six threes the other day against Philadelphia. Uh, man's been hitting threes at a pretty regular clip of late, $5,900. Yeah, I don't have a problem going to four, but we know it's a tournament play only. He liveth and dieth by the three this year. He yes. is, talk about a guy who's just like, if the shot's falling, it's we're hotter than a forest fire. And if it's not, we are colder than a iceberg. I was thinking, a freezer. Oh, I, that's what I was thinking, like you at know? a pizza place. I was thinking, like, the, how that you have the like. The walk-in freezers? The walk-in freezers, yeah. So, yeah, that's Evan Fournier for you. 
Okay. Let's see, a lot of guys in this. Well, there's a lot of play. Kind of a bigger slate, but a lot of guys in this mid 5K range. Ubre for tournaments. I think we're fine with that, right? Not, yeah, it's fine. Always, yeah, it's fine. Play. Clarkson popped off against Phoenix the other day, but it's that's just that's why you throw him in a GBP tournament lineup. Like mm-hmm. randomly, he'll go for seven X at his price tag. So there, I don't really like much here. I don't know. And does anybody really under like Fournier shooter jump out to you? more than others like again we're looking I mean, at DraftKings here just for those who are following along there's I, not a- I would say I have moderate interest in someone like CJ Ellaby considering there's no Winslow as well tomorrow okay. um moderate right it's not anything I'm like really like chomping at the bit to play DiVincenzo continues to play like low 20s in minutes. He's a dart. I don't think... You know who's someone interesting here? I take it back. Keon Johnson, John. Started. started. Yeah. No wins left. And 26 minutes. He was only 2 of 10 from the floor. But he was a first-round pick, I yeah. believe. First-round pick this year, too, right? It was oh, yeah, for the Clippers. Yeah. And they made the trade to get Norman Powell to be competitive. And then, obviously, unfortunately, Norman Powell got hurt. But 26 minutes, we already know Winslow's out, so wh- why wouldn't they go back to the well? And in a blowout, why isn't Keon Johnson on the floor if this does blow out? So I do have some interest in, in Johnson at 3,100. Okay, I could I could bite on that. Yeah, I don't think that's awful. Let's see. Anybody else down here? Nothing is jumping off the page to me. Garrison Matthews did return tonight. He's played 16 minutes off the bench. I don't know if that, it's, that's... Definitely relevant because that's 16 first half minutes. Sure. I think the only, the deterrent becomes the return. Apparently he's actually small forward only. I was just looking at uh, rosters. Apparently he's small forward only on DraftKings. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow, I guess we're looking at tomorrow. So tomorrow can be a shooting guard. He he goes back and forth. Anyways, uh, he's a value play. He's only $3,400 as a small forward. So the fact that you're right, he played 16 first half minutes here is potentially worthwhile. Any value shooting guards other than that, or just move to a small forward? Alrighty. Buckets at 9,200. Thoughts here against me? I think it's a little too expensive, but okay. you can do it because Kyle Lowry's out if you want. I don't think a lot of people will be on. Okay. Uh, does the matchup against Phoenix worry you about Josh Hart? A little... But again, no Winslow. But if this game blows out, what's the incentive to play Hart? I don't know. He played 31 minutes in their 30-point loss against Denver. Yeah. I'd rather just like... For the 27 same. minutes in their 40-point loss against Golden that's, State. That's fair. I mean, like, just for $100 cheaper, like, why not just play RJ? Better? Yeah, you're playing, you're playing RJ. Yeah, I'm playing RJ. Harry B against the Pelicans. These guys back to playing really well. for sure. Do you run it back with Mark? Big letdown last night for you. I know. You in the world, actually. Uh, it wasn't just you. I know leverage-wise he was low, but in the prop world, everybody had played that five and a half rebounds, and he got four. Wasn't foul trouble. You just did Kevin Love just eight because it was against Minnesota. We didn't think of that narrative. Yeah. Obviously. He got Charlotte here, 6,200 for Laurie Marketing. He's averaging 31 fantasy points, averaging 17 actual points. Like, I like it. I'm just, I would like it more if Garland's out. How about that? I like it more if Garland's out. More shot attempts for Market in there. Fair. I didn't even uh, initially put together the two and two there with, uh, with the potential return of our guy. So, that is definitely a good call there. Any other players below in that 6K or under range? Mikel Bridges, I think, is fine. If you get, if that's where you end up, 
Same with Cam Johnson. I think if he's still starting, I have no problems going there. Four straight games of double-figure points, four straight games of 22 or more fantasy points, three of four over 29 fantasy points. So if you end on Cam J, I think that's fine. Chuma, he's fine too. 19 fantasy points, even on the game we can't score the basketball. Jay Crowder, I think, is fine. He's been really good since Chris Paul's gone down. I think he realizes he needs to take on a bigger role. Chetty has been really good. I think that's another reason why Laurie Markkinen stunk the other night because yeah. Chetty has been or Chetty was really good. So there's some some plays down here. Okay. Some 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 not a ton. Some not a ton. Uh, power forward Giannis 12-2. He is the second highest priced player on the slate. Going into Miami now, you and I talked before we jumped on here. I had some memories of Giannis just absolutely destroying Miami. The numbers don't necessarily bear that out for regular season. He actually hasn't been overly effective against them in the regular season. But last playoffs, he wiped the floor with them. He was, again, the Bucs won the championship. He was the MVP. Playoff basketball, different than regular season basketball. So for all of those reasons, maybe you fade Giannis at 12-2. But these are potentially two teams that are going to meet each other in the Eastern Finals again this year. So something to at least note. Yeah, I like put him up against Jokic. I'd probably play Jokic. Put him up against Embiid, Embiid and Harden. I'd probably play them both. Yep. So he's your low contrarian play, then? which is yeah, it's my low can yeah. I think it's the contrarian play of this, which is crazy to say because it's Giannis. But again, hasn't been good against them this year specifically. Yep. And you know what? I'll say this year is different because there was no PJ Tucker was on his side last right. year. There's no. There was no P.J. Tucker. Now there's P.J. Tucker, Butler, Bam. Like they're, That's why Miami's widely considered a favorite in the East because they are so disgustingly nasty up in the front court and just defensively in general. So if Giannis is going good, it doesn't matter how good they are defensively. Like No one's going to stop him. But it, it's, it's proven to be a tough spot for him this year, and I'm banking on it being that once again. Yep. Hopefully you listened to me this time because I know you didn't listen to me last time, but uh, Wendell Carter against the Pacers. Uh, he had five fouls in that game, only played 28 minutes. Also, it was a 16-point win for uh, the Magic here. 21-12, and 12, though, now. He's got double doubles and five straight games. He had 38 fantasy points. I just like this guy. He's just a good guy. I think he's breaking out. So, same matchup, too, here, going up against the Pacers, their front court. Not very good. Isaiah Jackson is maybe the most foul-happy player in the NBA, which is saying <laughs> something, because we, we talk about a lot of foul-happy guys. Isaiah Jackson's certainly in there. His teammate, Jalen Smith, once fouled out in 17 minutes, and then last game he got ejected. So, like, he's foul. You're just looking at that front court. We've seen Goga get in foul trouble a ton this year. Like, give me Wendell Carter at 77. Yeah, and if he happens to match up against O'Shea Brissett, Brissett's like 6'5". So it's Tyler Taylor, right? Terry and Taylor? So, Terry Taylor, yeah. And Terry Taylor is also 6'5". So <laughs> every advantage is in Wendell Carter's court. So... Yeah, man, I'm with you. I think Wendell Carter is definitely intrigued, and he's been incredible. And you've been touting him for a while. As long as he keeps playing, like every team is wearing a Bulls jersey, he will not fail. All right, and what did I tell you last time? The pace in Indiana is not too far. It's two and a half hours away from Chicago. And he was, he was all about it. He was about that life. Anyways, they're back home here, too. So that kind of maybe helps them out a bit. He averages slightly more fancy points at home this year than on the road. Slightly. Let's see. We've talked bridges. Not really great. I don't want to go any front court against Cleveland. It's scared. There's just so many big yeah. players there. I feel like we've been trapped by playing Cleveland front court guys, though, against the Pacers, against the Charlotte, because 
like we don't know we never get the right one it feels mm. like. so we'll uh, probably fade Mobley here can't play love it's hard to imagine he's just gonna go ahead and play all those minutes yeah. and Aaron Gordon maybe he's been okay I admit it. Much, you know? Like, we can. Right? I guess you worry about them. Are they going to blow them out? The Thunder have been playing some good basketball, kind of. They have, they have their best player back. It's what we talked about. We are what we've been talking about. Like, the Thunder have been blown out a couple times. And I think it's as much as SGA, how great he's been. Like, they're missing a lot of their guys. Like, Dort's not there. Kenrich isn't there. Robinson Earl is not there. They're not playing favors anymore. So I get why they're 13 and a half point dogs. I don't know. You can do it. Like, I think Kevin Love kind of falls in the same category, like, as Aaron Gordon. I know, like, they both have upside, but when are we going to get it? I don't know. Like, you right. could do, you could play him in tournament. I think this whole tier of guys is, like, upside centric. Gordon. Smith and Dude, they're Washington. all the old. Chuma. How do you trust any of these guys? Like, they're all tournament plays. Like, this whole tier is just tournaments galore. Crowder Cash, maybe? Jay Crowder Cash, for sure, yeah. He's been super good without Chris Paul. Probably it. I don't see much else. I don't see much value. I don't know if you see any value. I don't know why uh, Serge, they, like, played Serge, like, all these minutes when he first got there, and they just don't play him now. One of these days, we're going to start getting Cam Reddish playing a bunch of minutes. Greg Brown has played 20 minutes in back-to-back games. Like, he's whatever. With someone we didn't mention that I want to circle back to, we didn't say anything about Jeremy Lamb. He only played 18 minutes. Oh, this is where we're here. Trey Lyles, 3,300. Boom. Tough fact in Tanakin. Trey Lyles. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I was just reacting to news of LeBron James starting at center tonight for the... Uh... I... Something you and I, something I talked to you about, something about my fear about playing Dwight, Dwight, Dwight because yeah. this is one of those teams that you don't need a traditional center against, right? You just need them for 14 minutes because they're going to play Cleveland. And that's when, you know, so I think Trey Lyles is the clear cut number one value at power forward, especially if he's starting. Yes, that's actually a great call. I, uh, $3,300. If he's starting, he is going to be one of the most popular plays in the slate, but he's good chalk. We may at least know, too. 8 o'clock start. It's not like the 10 o'clock start. So, uh, yeah, I like that call. All right, center. Uh, Jokic is at 12-4 against OKC here. Averaging f- only 42 fantasy points in two games against them, but 28 minutes as well. So, <laughs> let's see. Let's see how bad these blowouts. Where is the OKC games? 33 minutes, actually. He had 56 fantasy points. He had 22-18. and 18. In a game that was 99-95, so very low score. And then that other game, he had played just 25 minutes. They actually lost that game. They lost that game by 14. He had 29 fantasy points in that one. So I just just throwing it out there. Yeah, he's the Jokic. We'll never, we'll, no reason never not to play him. Right. I do Joe though for 11-6. 37, 34, 42. The last three games, 30, <laughs> 34, like actual points by the way. 27 free throws by the way, John. Last game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Harden, Harden and Embiid are like shattering free throw records, right? Like to, combined, they're just 37 combined last game. Yep. Harden <laughs> 10 for 10 and 8 of 9 in the two games. That, and then, yeah, Joel Embiid had 20, 23 of 27. I don't even, I don't even know. I, I guess I want to know what his free throw probably will be tomorrow. That's something to watch. He's made double figures in five straight games. 
quite impressive. So he's there. Sabonis is at 9,800. Sabonis came back after a very slow start against the Thunder. Came 44 fantasy points, but 9,800, I don't know what you want to do there necessarily. It feels a little steep for me. A ton of foul trouble in that OKC game, so... Yep, that's true. I am kind of foul trouble the last couple of games. Five. Kind of foul trouble the last couple of games. Yeah, and still look at the fantasy points. Like, I think they traded for him. I think they're just like, yo, let's talk, bro. Like, whatever you're doing in Indiana, just don't do everything differently. And he's taken to it, but he's a literal, a little too literal because he's fouling every time he's on the floor. So Jared Allen is averaging 43, sorry, 45 fantasy points in three games against. Trump. If you want to take the dart. He is probably the guy over over Mobley, over Markin, and over Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty one points and fourteen boards against Charlotte this year. So pretty uh, pretty good. It's decent. Just below him, you have that sob DeAndre Ayton, uh, who has been fantastic, except for the night that he cost me more money than I want to admit to you on on air because he scored six points against the Thunder. I followed that with back to back twenty plus at Portland, as we know, <laughs> no real center or starting. They started Eubanks, yeah. Yeah. So Eaton at sixty eight works for me here. I don't mind Harrell coming off the bench. I know very bad games lately. One for nine is last two. But if you're looking for a GBP stack, I think Harrell over Plumley would be the way I would rock it if you're looking to play a Charlotte center. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> just fair. Just, just throwing that out there. Okay. Well, somebody, you know what? Sometimes people are on things and sometimes I'm not, which I'll admit to. We do our own content around here. You follow it, do whatever you want. But I also have eyes around the industry. And I came across, so just looking at some prop stuff of a guy who was actually pretty heavily touting Mo Bamba against the Pacers. And I was like, what is this guy looking at about Mo Bamba? Uh, and then Bamba had 15 points and, four, and 10 rebounds. So he's 4,900. All the same reasons we talked about liking Wendell Carter Jr. still apply to Mo Bamba. Like, right. that front court is that front court. That doesn't change. The rebound numbers have been decent for Bamba, 9, 7, and 10, right? If there's higher offensive upside in this matchup for him at 4,900, maybe? I like it. It's They are – the Magic are playing a lot of guys. I think the difference is, like – so Franz's minutes are high 20s. So he's obviously kind of – like. The Magic don't play anyone like Nick Nurse does, right? Does that make sense? Like, Nick Nurse plays everyone 35-plus minutes. Nobody on the Magic plays 35 minutes. Everyone plays, like, high 20s, mid-20s, low 30s. That's it, right? So everybody is kind of eating right now. Everyone's getting their share. Everybody's touching the ball and... Chuma playing 25, Bamba playing 25 to 30, Carter playing like 28 to 32. Uh, you can, I think all of them have their role and all of them can play. You could play. And Bamba has the best price of them all, right? Mm-hmm. He literally has is priced lower than Chuma, lower than Wagner, significantly lower than Carter. So yeah, I would not feel bad at all if I landed on Mo Bamba. It's kind of just, again, it, sometimes you have these notions of like, Bamba hasn't been playing really well, but if, sometimes it just takes another perspective on somebody. Right. Who, then, of course, it helps that they were right. That also helps. If he was wrong, I'd be like, never listen to a word that guy says ever again. Clearly, he doesn't know he's not about, but he, he hit. So, good on him. Would you touch Eubanks at all at 4,300? 29 mm-hmm. minutes in that game? 29 fantasy points? Yes, sure. Like, DeAndre Ayton is a pr- okay shot blocker. But he's not good defensively. And we know JaVel McGee, when he checks in the game, he's foul happy. So, yeah. He's playing more than Trenton Watford. He gave Watford five years for like $7 million. And they're like, all right, bro. 
we can't really play more than 20 minutes. So, yeah, I would consider Eubanks here. Yeah, I'm with you. Anybody else? Any other value centers for you? Nothing's really sticking out to me. Again, Lyles is 33. So, like, if he starts, like, he's center eligible. So Yeah, if Lyles, if, what is Roby's price? I know it's Jokic. I'm just looking. Maybe Roby in a tournament, but not likely. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. That's it then. That, that wraps up rate game slate. James on the playbook. I'm on the starting of the value vault rather. You know where to get us on Discord and Twitter. And for now, we'll catch you all later. For now, we'll catch you all later.